0: Coming to you live from my apartment, it's Rob has a podcast. And now here's the guy who's loaded up for 2017 with high glide technology. Rob Sesternino! Hello, everybody. And welcome back to our Celebrity Apprentice, the new Celebrity Apprentice podcast. And I'm very excited. It is a Monday night and we are here as we will be after every episode of the new Celebrity Apprentice this season. And I'm very excited to introduce you to our all-star celebrity apprentice team first let me welcome back to the podcast airwaves a man who podcast with me all through celebrity apprentice 2015 please give it up for a man with a knockout smile mike bloom we are back (laughs) yes we will be back
1: if you liked if you like that get a load of what's going to happen over the next two months folks it's going to be impressions galore (laughs) austria will not want to talk to us after this podcast
0: yes yes okay well, well we will maybe be podcasting in austrian uh and then also Uh, someone who is another great friend of the podcast. Uh, you've heard her with me on the RHAP voicemails earlier, uh, in 2016. We also did the T E O S top 25 moments countdown. Please welcome, uh, another person who is quite tiny. Uh, please welcome (laughs) Megan Z Megan. How are you?
2: I'm good, and I am here strictly to make the final call if Rob or Mike has the better Arnold impression. <laughs> yes. Oh, you're not going to do one? Yeah. Uh, Maybe, maybe.
1: <laughs> I, I'm assuming none of the above is going to be the
0: final version. <laughs> yes, none of the above. Yeah, but we are back here to do terrible Arnold Schwarzenegger impressions and talk about this very silly two hour reality show Uh, back on NBC after a bit of a hiatus Uh, that you guys are the Patrick Schwarzenegger and Tyra Banks of this show. And I'm very happy to be flanked by the both of you on this podcast. But Mike, it's been quite some time time. time since we spoke about Celebrity Apprentice here on Rob has a podcast and I know a lot has changed in the world of the Celebrity Apprentice so I was hoping that we might be able to start the show with some updates some news and notes about different cast members of Celebrity Apprentice just to get us back up caught up to date from I mean it's been almost two years since the last podcast we did about this show.
1: Absolutely. I mean, believe it or not, 2015 and 2016 Mm -hmm. were really momentous for people that were involved with the franchise of The Celebrity Apprentice. And of course, I feel like the thing that lies chief among all of these people is the fact that Goldberg is back in the WWE. Bill Uh, Goldberg is back. He's back. He made his return to professional wrestling in 2015, joined the WWE in 2016. Uh, Really just huge acclaim from wrestling fans. But of course, that's not all. There was a a really big uh, promotion in terms of employment. Uh, Melissa Rivers became host of Fashion Police in 2015. Oh, Melissa
0: from Celebrity Apprentice 2.
1: Yes, uh, um, of course, her late mother had passed away earlier on in the year, so she stepped up in her place to host fashion police. Uh, I, there was a, a little bit of um, someone that might be involved in some sort of a nefarious activities in her previous life, got a, got a sort of a, an upgrade, if you will. Uh, Teresa G. Dicey, she was released from prison in 2015. So some might remember that she uh, previously went to prison, I believe, for tax fraud with her husband, so she, she now gets to breathe the free air, so that's fantastic. Uh, Khloe Kardashian got divorced from Lamar R.O.D.M., yeah. uh, R.I.P., uh, but hopefully all the other Kardashians are staying strong. Andrew Dice Clay, remember him? He got his own Showtime show. That's ridiculous. <laughs> wow, that's <laughs> the name of it? Uh, it's called Dice, oh. uh, but it might as well be <laughs> called Ridiculous. Uh, we, we saw Aubrey O'Day appear on not one, but two reality shows in the past couple of years. Marriage Boot Camp and wow. Celebrity Big Brother with uh, a... Other Big Brother standout, Frankie Grande. Uh, we had people make their Broadway debuts. Marley Matlin uh, was in Spring Awakening, and Nene Leakes was in uh, was in Chicago without Star Jackson. We got some marriages going on. Sean Johnson got married. Keisha Knight got married. Wow. Bill Cosby might not have been involved. We're not entirely sure. Uh, and we got some more reality competition here as Mary Lou Henner and Geraldo Rivera. Both competed on Dancing with the Stars. So, Rob, I believe that was really all the major accomplishments. That was everything. Well, I mean, there was one... I guess sort of international thing that I might want to talk about, which is of course the ongoing relationship between Dennis Rodman and Kim Jong-un. Oh, it yeah. really is. It's, it's a relationship that's really been growing and fostering in the, in the early 2010s. But I guess outside of that, it seems like everything that has been linked to the celebrity apprentice, I'm pretty much have been talked about in terms of big news items on the past couple of years.
0: Okay. It's, I mean, I, I feel, I feel like there is there must've been something else, but I mean, I guess that sounds like everything. Yeah, I think we've really just
1: cleaned house and we can sort of uh, move on to uh, Schwarzenegger's house. Yes,
0: let's move on. All right. Yes. So Donald Trump has become the president-elect of the United States. Uh, Something that, Mike, uh, you and I scoffed at the notion that we said uh, in the last Celebrity Apprentice podcast we did back on February 16th, 2015. We said, hey, uh, the Donald, could you just uh, stick to the task at hand and make more seasons of Celebrity Apprentice? I mean, uh, really, do we need to go and explore this whole idea? Um, But look, look, what do we know, Mike Bloom?
1: Yeah, I mean we we did not think that, you know, we would now get a prime opportunity to have Arnold Schwarzenegger in a major television role in a hosting capacity, which I think I would never have seen in my lifetime. I know that the uh the impetus was put onto George Lopez for a while. I know uh I believe Mark Cuban might have had some uh, some irons in the fire as well, but I mean, I know this this news is definitely long in the tooth at this point, but when I found out that Schwarzenegger was going to be the host of this show, I was elated because the one thing that I always say on these podcasts is that I love how much of a train wreck this show is and when you bring on a new host the one fear you have is that it really takes itself seriously in terms of business acumen but considering if you look back at arnold schwarzenegger's work and the idea <sighs> that he loves to make fun of himself i think it showed that this was going to definitely re- retain it's a uh, freak show like values
0: yes so really the stars of the apprentice are always the crazy contestants and i'm sure that we will be speaking of the former host of The Celebrity Apprentice from time to time, but only as it pertains to The Celebrity Apprentice and how things were done in the past and potentially maybe even how things might be handled under a Trump administration of apprenticeship, okay? But just let me just get it out there at the top of the show. This is not a political podcast and we're not gonna be doing political opinions on this podcast it is a recap of again a very very silly reality tv show and we're just here to have a few laughs megan
2: yes governor yes thank
0: you thank you okay all right so let's just talk big picture in terms of this first i I thoroughly enjoyed the two hours i really was very entertained by the arnold and or mr governor in the boardroom the whole way through i really like this cast megan are you as a celebrity apprentice historian as high on this new era of celebrity apprentice
2: i think we're getting there i think the the second challenge kind of brought out a little more of the train wreck. It started to kind of mm-hmm. build the tensions and we're starting to see who our stars are and not the stars for people who have business acumen, but the stars of, you know, our possible train wrecks of the season. Sure. Sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: I think it's, it's also interesting as well in that, it, our first challenge of, you know, whether Apprentice or Celebrity Apprentice is always a fundraising task. This is the first one, and Megan, feel free to correct me here, that I can remember in recent memory where it really wasn't. They sort of hit the ground running with the creative stuff, so I feel like as a result, it felt a little off. I mean, even when they started doubling up these episodes back when we covered it in 2015, I believe they did a two-hour episode with the first task alone. So I agree. I felt like the first hour felt a little rushed and a little off, but the second hour is definitely hitting it. Home, close to those uh, intrinsic values that we hold dear with the celebrity apprentice
0: yeah I agree that usually the first task is always I mean what I've always liked about it, going back to the regular apprentice is that it's like the most simple idea in the world it's always like okay go to you know Times Square and sell hot dogs or sell lemonade or so it, it's just like they you know sell pizzas it's just a simple project where we got right off the bat into to the uh the Tyra Banks makeup line and I thought that was a uh, a tall order for at least the men to handle on their own and obviously they did a good job with that but let's just talk a little bit more uh big picture before we delve too far into uh the first task and we'll take each of the tasks separately so we'll start off by only talking about the first task and then obviously uh get into the second task later on so in terms of some standouts Megan uh who were some of the people that you've really enjoyed through night 1?
2: I really enjoyed uh Boy George. I thought he did a great job that he brought it out. I really liked. You know, John Lovitz is great. He always delivers. He's always got those those great one-liners. Uh and I think uh the biggest one of all is Jerry Bruckheimer the 3rd, his <laughs> dog. <laughs> Old
0: JB3. Yeah. Now, uh, let's touch on the relationship between Schwarzenegger and Lovitz, because it appears to be uh, somewhat contentious. Uh, Mike, do you feel like that there was some bullying going on between uh, the governor and John Lovitz? Well, we need to remember, I guess, contextualize this within
1: SNL history, because I believe when Lovitz was on the show was the late 80s. And one of the most popular characters from that era was Hans and Franz, who were parodies of Arnold Schwarzenegger. So maybe Schwarzenegger sort of assigns uh, any sort of parody about his character towards that general era of SNL. You know, if the late Phil Hartman was in the
0: boardroom, maybe he'd treat them the same as well. Yeah. So you just think that any SNL alumni, they sort of like a Schwarzenegger. Can go ahead and make fun of them, yeah. Of the the late 80s, (laughs) yeah. I'm ready for the Schwarzenegger, John Lovitz, uh, buddy comedy, like, uh, whatever twins,
1: twins, two, I was gonna say
0: junior, two.
1: I'm ready, john Lovitz, Lovitz could play the uh, grown up baby,
0: yeah. But Megan, going back to Jerry Bruckheimer the third, I mean, is that a bit? Does John Lovitz walk around with that dog all the time?
2: Uh, I like to think he does. I mean, if it was a bit, it showed up in both episodes. So, I mean, if it was a bit, I feel like the dog they would have, you know, released back to its owner after the first episode. But, uh, (laughs) Jerry's here to stay, I think. Yeah.
1: Mike, what about among the women? Did you have any standouts? I mean, Snooki's gotta be up there. I know that I think amongst the women on her team, she's not really that much of a, for lack of a better term, knockout, but uh, <laughs> at least maybe not with her, only with her smile. But she definitely is living up to her reality TV icon lower third moniker in that she's really bringing the drama. She's not afraid to call people out. Surprise of the episode for me, Mitch, Lisa Leslie. Uh, I'm not usually, I usually, when you bring in these athletes to the show, you're usually thinking like, okay, you know, Le- Jamie Anderson from last season, uh, a little, These they can sometimes be a little blase, but Lisa Leslie in that second episode is ready to, You know, call Carney Wilson out on her BS. It seems like moving forward, she's ready to do so as well. Who thought that an NBA player, WNBA player, would bring more drama to the show than two Real Housewives
0: combined? No, she's ready to go. So I'm excited to see uh, where Lisa Leslie goes. Uh, Maybe she could be a winner pick right now.
1: I don't know my I'm, I'm going all into my boy Carson right now. He's looking <laughs> super solid after night one.
0: Yeah, he's in another standout, uh, you know, obviously from, you know, doing a Queer Eye for a number of years that he has like the reality TV interview confessional game down. So he's going to be very fun to watch. I, I want to discuss a little bit of strategy in terms of how this game could potentially be different that there was something that Schwarzenegger said at the end of the first board boardroom and not get to the chopper uh, <laughs> that he said. That when he didn't fire Portia, he said that the reason that he didn't fire her and why he fired Carrie instead was because he liked that at least Portia put herself out there. At least she took a risk and that Carrie, he felt like she didn't do anything and he almost wanted to get away from where you could just where we've said for a long time on Celebrity Apprentice, don't be the project manager. Go as long as you can without being the project manager. Save your money for when it's your turn because if you have contacts that you're going to donate to charity wait until you're that one week when you're you're the project manager knock it out of the park and you can always like point back to that well i wasn't the project manager this week but it looks as though almost that arnold schwarzenegger may be possessed by the ghost of rachel riley uh floaters get a life vest this season mike yeah i mean floaters get a life
1: vest <laughs> no one gets between me and my tyra <laughs> um I, I think it's interesting that in, in the edit for the first episode we get a lot of people between carrie Snooky. um i think it's uh it might be i want to say uh brooke in the second episode saying like I don't wanna stick my neck out there. But I think Schwarzenegger, like you said, is really putting out this mentality of like, Hey, I'm gonna reward the people that stick their necks out there even if they're gonna, you know, they're liable to get cut and I'm gonna reward those that kinda of float under the radar, which I think makes things more interesting from a television perspective, so that hopefully you know, five episodes from now, we're not looking at the final seven or eight and saying like, okay, I don't know how this person's still in from an entertainment perspective.
0: Megan, do you think that that's just going to be a talking point? Or do you think that we're really going to see the way people get fired or terminated change in this season?
2: I mean, we long have talked about the beloved term glaciers on (laughs) Celebrity Apprentice of people that are more more boring than watching, you know, water melt that we don't want to see those people on the show. And you hope that... After all these years, uh, Arnold knows that from a TV perspective, people don't want to see them. And those people who put themselves out there, put their neck on the line, they're going to be both better TV and you can justify why they're there from a work standpoint.
1: Yeah. Well, I think we have we still have one glacier left in the show, though, and he's sitting to the right of Arnold Schwarzenegger, in my opinion. <laughs> oh, you don't like Patrick Schwarzenegger? <laughs> he might be the most boring person I've ever met, Rob, and I've just seen him on TV <laughs> for two hours.
2: <laughs> have you met Shale? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, I've, I've I've watched paint dry. I've watched grass grow. Both I would take it in
0: heartbeat over watching Patrick Nap Schwarzenegger deliver a <laughs> TED Talk. Uh, you don't think that he can fill the shoes vacated by the likes of either Eric or Donald Trump Jr. So here's the thing. Donnie Douche lived up to his moniker. He was a douche.
2: I don't Eric think we Trump, can
1: call him that anymore, Mike. <laughs> that's true. This might be uh, an
2: off-limit might be
1: considered treason at yes. this point. Uh, Eric Trump, granted TV character Eric Trump, the outside of it, his portrayal on TV was a little creepy. Uh, Patrick, uh, Patrick is sort of not filling any one of those buckets right now. He just has a very interesting draw to him. I'll leave it at that. I'll be intrigued to see how many decibels uh, his, vo- his voice goes or how many octaves it leaps, but in the uh, number of episodes he'll be on this season.
0: Well, I thought that one of the most interesting moments in the entire two hours was as Portia was trying to defend herself in the boardroom after the first task when she was going on and on, apparently that Arnold Schwarzenegger turned to his nephew and started talking in Austrian. I have a clip.
3: First, I, what I answered was the question in the beginning. Only the to the, because it, because, it
0: because- <laughs> when we had subtitles, what this is like, it's
1: like a Elaine at the nail
0: salon. <laughs> <laughs> Megan, do you think that this is going to come up a lot?
2: I hope it does, because it kind of speaking the a different language, it it gives a little bit of something exciting going on. I actually didn't even realize for the longest time that Patrick was at the Tyra challenge. I didn't even see him there. Um, And then it wasn't until they zoomed back. I was like, oh, look, he did come. Uh, So at least it gives him some sort of a standout that if he's uh, speaking um, German or whatever he was speaking, uh, that uh, it gives him something to hold on to.
0: Yes. Is that a Wilson Phillips pun?
2: Unintentional. unintentional but Carney okay. did it herself yes
0: too. she did she did so that, that's how you knew she was up when she started dropping her like one can line <laughs> yeah. that she had for the show <laughs> she wasted it in the second hour you knew she wasn't going to be long for the world actually uh that's a good point in terms of the overall editing mike were you fooled at all by who was going to be the winner of the respective tasks and ultimately who was going to go home in the boardroom
1: I mean, I can take my judgment with a grain of salt on multiple occasions in my life. But in terms of like reading The Celebrity Apprentice specifically, I feel like you can take a look at these two tasks, which were very subjective as opposed to, you know, the aforementioned fundraising tasks, which are definitely more objective of like who can raise more money. And I would say, at least in my opinion, I think the men definitely delivered more in terms of the. It's always, you know, one of the rules of Celebrity Apprentice is like, look at what the execs actually want, what they're telling you they want in the presentation, and then work towards that. So at least going into the boardroom, I figured the men had won both times. Uh, I ended up being correct, but it's tough when I think in the second hour, I believe Carney and Lovitz both had confessionals back to back saying that our team is definitely going to win, which kind of leaves it at a wash at that point.
0: But Megan, in terms of like what the actual players were saying and how they were being depicted, uh, did you feel like that you could have predicted who was going home?
2: I think I could. I I think just from the challenge, the fact that it was the first challenge and it was a makeup challenge, I thought there is no way the men I thought the men had to win. I thought, just from a TV standpoint, the men were always going to win the makeup challenge because otherwise, it would have been so odd to have that first challenge be go right to the women. I it was a reverse by the- Amazon. <laughs> yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: So were the fresh face and the fierce face uh, their version of the balance beam? Then in that regard, <laughs> I was going to say
0: the Dan Liu and Ryan Aiken, but sure, we'll yeah, go with Exactly. That. <laughs> yes.
1: Well, I guess who was the? I guess was Ryan Aiken the cheap face, and Dan Liu <laughs> yes. was the malaria face. <laughs>
0: Ha <laughs> 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 but uh the, I felt like that Carrie uh that uh, 100% she was going to be the one going home. She was the only negative Nancy out of the entire cast in the first task. So I thought that the first hour was a uh, really really on the nose in terms of that you know when you have some one person that's just like, well, I said that this was this and and nobody's letting me do what I want to do. So I felt like that she was in hot water. The second hour I thought was tougher to read. Obviously, uh Carney once she made the decision in the board room uh then the the writing was on the wall from that point on all right but let's get into talking about the first task okay and it was the tyra banks makeup challenge and i thought that this was a tough spot for these new celebrity apprentice contestants to be in because not only was tyra banks introduced as one of the judges on the show but she was also the person who was going to be the decision maker ultimately because it was her product line. Uh, Megan, I know there's some precedent in this uh, before, like when, you know, it's like, okay, today you're going to be doing uh, Ivanka's shoe store. And now Ivanka is sitting there in the room. But I thought that this was uh, a tall order for the first task.
2: Sure. And to add another layer of complexity, it had this traditional strange who are they pitching this to aspect of it like who on earth were those people trapped in the hotel room that were cheering with them we have no (laughs) idea i mean it made sense for the trident one where there were the people just the um execs watching it but this had a bunch of just strangers in hotel chairs clapping
0: (laughs) yeah now, Megan, how big of a deal is the Tyra Banks makeup line? Is this something? Is this just getting off the ground, or or do uh, people who are buying makeup know about this?
2: Uh, I had never heard about it and then I got even more concerned because I remembered this filmed like a year ago so I still haven't heard about it so I, I did do some googling and it's still around it's not like uh, last year the the first challenge pie crust or pie face whatever that company was it closed <laughs> by the time that the show had aired um, so it's it's still around but maybe it just hasn't made its way to my, uh, my neck of the woods.
1: I think it's clear that taco pie might have killed uh, pie face and maybe Eric Dickerson applying makeup to these people might have killed tyra beauty
0: <laughs> okay like i want to talk about the uh tie glide technology and all of the different words that we just put tie in front of this is a uh a tinyk idea uh yeah, is this like, working for you i don't know tyra banks is like the
1: smurf of the beauty world apparently <laughs>
0: Well, there was a lot of that going on where people were just like like smushing two words together. At one point, they described the women's presentation as uh, excellence in beauty tainment. Now, this isn't a thing, right?
2: If a ambassador tells you it's a thing, then it's a yeah, thing, Rob.
0: I know, this is, this is like the episode
1: of portmanteaus, it <laughs> felt like. Let's just smash two <laughs> words together and make some sort of
0: brand out of it. <laughs> yeah, with your fast, fierce finger.
1: Okay, can, we, can we talk about how many innuendos there were just in, the, not even just the men's presentation was extremely sexually learned. It lurid, really was. Just... I, I don't
0: understand why <laughs> that that was a thing of, you know, that I, I believe that uh, boy George uh, described it as uh, weirdly sexy sexy <laughs> on the weird yeah i think uh john lovitz
1: talked about the eye stick because if you use it on your eyes you'll get the stick yeah which
0: uh, <laughs> eric dickerson said something also that was uh strangely sexual when he was applying the foundation so yeah i i don't i don't know what was going on there mike And then Vince Neil declares himself the highlighter. And I don't even want to think about what that might entail.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
2: The only thing he smokes is his eyes. (laughs) Yes. And that is not what
0: Ricky Williams says.
1: I was so surprised in the second task that it was like smile something of one of the little things in life that you enjoy I guess Ricky Williams couldn't get past you know couldn't was able to not get past the idea of like I want to smoke up a big old blood that gives me to smile yeah,
0: I'd have to give Ricky Williams some credit though because I think that my perception of Ricky Williams was just gonna be like I, I expected him just to be I, I don't know like come out like uh, shaggy from scooby-doo and just basically be like the ultimate pothead and I, I thought he was very eloquent in uh, the episode and had like probably was one of the people on the men's team that made the most sense out of anybody. So I thought he was a pretty articulate guy. And I only slightly hold it against him that he was a Miami Dolphin also. (laughs) He's slowly winning back your favor, Rob. (laughs)
1: Eric, did Eric Dickerson play on any teams that are in your rival league or is he good to go? No, he's fine.
0: He's fine. I don't know where he was good to go to uh, in the second hour. I, it was such a I was so confused because Arnold Schwarzenegger, it's hard to make out what he's saying. And he talks so <laughs> fast sometimes that, that I I heard him say that somebody was gone. And then I, I missed the name of who it was. Megan, did you catch that on the first time through?
2: On the first time uh, that Eric? Yeah, I did catch uh, that he was gone, but um, I wasn't surprised. This is pretty typical for Celebrity Apprentice that you don't have to show up for the first couple of weeks. Optional it's optional. Um, you can make it to, you know, pretty far to the final four without uh, without showing up all of the weeks.
0: Yeah, every other week. I think that's the yeah. way to go. <laughs> Celebrities take the Dan Lembo approach to uh, their time <laughs> on Celebrity
1: Apprentice.
0: Yeah. You know, we didn't touch on the names of the teams, and of Ugh. course, uh, this is a, a, one of the uh, tried and true traditions of Celebrity Apprentice. So, uh, we ended up getting the men's team's name first uh they kick around the idea team flex uh team pump uh they end up going with team arate mike does that mean anything to you
1: uh i mean not to me because i'm not greek but apparently uh arate or erate as john Lovitz like to say is greek for excellence of any kind which feels very, very like a lost line from wayne's world uh but i just I, again, Ricky Williams coming through in the clutch hour of being able to quote a Greek phrase. But I mean, it's not that far out there. I was much, much more entertained by the discussion on the women's team, though.
0: Yeah. So the women are kicking around a lot of different names. Uh, they kick around the name, the Renaissance uh, Angels. <laughs> Angels. Uh, that's pretty good. Uh, they kick around uh, the name uh, Game <laughs> Changers. Uh, how about Megan? W- would that have worked for you?
2: Oh, I mean, uh, they they were there first. They could have planted their flag first there. <laughs>
0: they could have,
1: yeah. Well, the- let's think about this, though. These are both Mark Burnett-produced shows. As Megan said, this filmed a whole year ago. Mark Burnett could have easily listened to the B-roll, taken that name, and applied it to a Survivor theme. So it might not be long before we see Survivor Vagina
0: coming up <laughs> in 2018. Yeah. Well, Snooki kicks around the idea.
3: What's the most powerful thing you can think of?
0: Vagina. Yeah. You know what? <laughs>
2: I can't say she's wrong. We've had plan B as a actual team name on this show. So we're not that far off.
0: Uh, I mean, how, how far would they have let that get? I mean, could we have gotten to the boardroom where Arnold is okay. Team vagina. (laughs) (laughs) Who was your weakest player? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Oh, oh, oh my god well the question is if they do a team swap like who would would they have to change the name i don't think so i don't think so (laughs)
0: <laughs> i think that they could they could figure out a way to work it out uh, because i mean they've done other like uh like names that are like uh feminine names and then had men on the team after a swap before on the celebrity apprentice so i think i, I think it would have been
2: fine but i think the worst name they ever had was kotu for kings of the universe <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: or what what about wasn't what about eight was it asap in uh yep. in season four <laughs> actresses stars I forget the
2: uh, authors and professionals, I think was surprisingly, the end of that.
1: the team with the team with the acronym name was not the team that Gary Busey was on though. Surprisingly <laughs> enough.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the women ultimately decide to go with Prima as the name of the team. Megan, do we like this Prima?
2: Uh, it's, it's okay. It fits, it fits. If you were going to look at the line of other women teams, Athena, uh, tenacity. It's, it fits well with them. Uh, you know, it's okay. It's, uh, it's okay. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's fine. So, uh, as we were going through the task, uh, we had, uh, the men gave their presentation, uh, and the women were doing their thing. Mike, was there anything that was like a red flag for you as the presentations were going on that you felt like the men were definitely going to win?
1: Yeah. I mean, it, Actually, I felt like the men's team in this first hour actually harkened back to the very first Celebrity Apprentice, where if you remember, Piers Morgan was such a big advocate of use your celebrity. We have to use our celebrity. And it's interesting that the men adopted that strategy and worked really well. I actually really like the idea of, you know, bringing forward the most manly guys, the least likely to be able to do makeup in their day to day lives. And apply it to women to to say almost, you know, if these guys can do it, then you definitely can do it. The women's kind of seem to go in the same direction, even though they just had, you know, the models applying it on themselves. But because the men were able to use that message while also using their own almost, you know, using their. Gender to sort of imbue that, considering the fact that they might have had an inherent weakness at the top. I thought they were definitely the winners going into the boardroom.
0: Now, Megan, in all of your watching and rewatching of The Celebrity Apprentice, is there some point where you can tell, like, okay, this is a good task to do the let's use our celebrity thing? And there's other tasks where people should play it more like it's a regular season of The Apprentice?
2: You know what? I think that most of the time going with your celebrity is the better because you can always say, well, at least we tried to use it. There was a a Harry Potter challenge, um, not the Blago challenge, but another one down the way where um, one team used their celebrity and the other one didn't. And they got, you know, they got yelled at for why they didn't use it at all. So um, at least with the men, they did that. The women, they didn't do anything. I mean, basically, they let other people get up there and do their own makeup. And, you know, you had some people, their task was one of my favorite tasks on Celebrity Apprentice is there's always like two to six people who are on like the graphics and they basically sit there and look at a computer for the entire task and think they're the most important person there.
0: I also think that uh, when an executive is involved, especially when it's somebody who's not a celebrity themselves, like this, uh, the case of Tyra Banks, and she actually was uh, annoyed with this, that they didn't use the celebrity. And, and for her, it was like you had these uh, like a quote unquote famous women women and that would have been like a good for her makeup brand to have them wearing the makeup it would have been like a free commercial for her so that i think kind of pissed her off but in the trident version i think you had a clear-cut case of like these executives they want to see the celebrities doing stuff and they want to see the celebrities like all in the commercial so that they can tell their friends that they were hanging out with these celebrities and so i think that's always a good move
1: not to mention that I'm surprised the tire didn't point this out that the woman completely flubbed her tagline. Uh, you know, the guys came up with this great line from Carson of you know you came, you saw, you contoured. Yes. The woman just say 15 things at once. <laughs> Carney Wilson then grabs the mic and <laughs> screams into it like Roseanne singing the national anthem. Yeah.
0: What was Carney Wilson saying? We're fresh and fair. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I love how they played up that like, oh, and the governor was so s- happily surprised at it when you see his face. Oh, I, I thought
0: that she was saying he was not happy at all. <laughs>
1: Uh, boy. Yeah, I don't know, Schwarzenegger, uh, maybe due to his age or maybe due to the work done to it, does not show a lot of emotions in his face nowadays. But that was definitely one that got across.
0: Yeah, it's like nobody knew what to do. And this is what Carney Wilson just came up with. fresh and fair. Megan, what is she saying?
2: I think she's saying fresh and fierce. I mean, I mean, talk about if this is her go to move in any awkward situation is to just stand there and just start screaming words. You don't want to bring Carney (laughs) Wilson anywhere in public with you. Megan, what is the difference between fresh face and fierce face? I, I think if you want me to say legitimately, I think the, the fierce face was more of like a smoky eye and the fresh face was more of just like an easy daytime look, but um, I don't know. That's just me taking a guess.
0: I need to know uh, so I can get my uh, fierce face on may the fierce be with you, Mike.
1: <laughs> I know very, t- I mean, we got, I think we got a uh, David Bowie reference and a star Wars reference. So <laughs> like, I, I think the editors might've been a little too late to the, uh, to the edit, or maybe too early to the edit bay there considering the events of the past
0: weeks too bad this was shot before they could have even done the fierce awakens
1: (laughs) that's probably going to be another episode title coming up in the later on this season
0: coming up so ultimately when we get to the boardroom we finally get to see that it is going to be the men have won the task uh any thoughts on boy george as the project manager mike
1: I mean, I think he did all right. I think think he's going to be a little bit of a of a press when we get into the second half of the task. But I feel like he managed well here. It's interesting, you know, when they're picking these project managers, I feel like we get in the case of both Boy George and uh, and Portia here. The sort of subtle nudge that happens on Celebrity Apprentice of everyone just kind of surreptitiously looking at one person to say, like, no, you can do it. But I think Boy George at least did a good job with the idea and managing it. I was super surprised to see him get $50,000. That is, uh, that's not usually what happens on a celebrity apprentice task.
0: You thought that was too little or too much?
1: Too much. I feel I granted again, the first task is a fundraising task, but Megan, you could correct me if you're, don't they usually get like 25 to 40,000 per task? We got 50 K in each of these tasks.
2: At first, I thought they were going to get gypped in the second task and only get 25000 And then I forgot that the sponsor usually doubles uh, the money. But at first, I was like, oh, that's that's really cheap.
0: Yeah. So I didn't think it really struck me as uh, too out of the box, especially in the premiere 50000 I don't know. Maybe,
1: again, maybe it's to make up for the fact they didn't have a fundraising challenge. I also don't know. This show has undergone a lot of changes as well in its format between coasts. Uh So maybe they upped or decrease the budget. Uh, Rob, I also have to ask, like, as a California native, do you feel like they're representing your region well? Because you know, I've dealt with countless numbers of years of B-roll footage of people walking through the streets of New York, and now we get to see B-roll footage of people surfing and driving in traffic <laughs> along the freeway.
0: <laughs> well, you know, to be honest, I thought that this season was actually going to take place in San Francisco. I think when this was first pitched as, okay, Celebrity Apprentice is moving to the West, West Coast, I really thought that they were going to be doing it out of San Francisco. And I thought that we were going to have like Silicon Valley and the and all of the tech companies. And I thought that that was the angle that they were taking on. And I thought that that was a pretty interesting one because it's really the center of so many different entrepreneurial things that are going on in the world right now. But I was when we it was revealed to be Los Angeles and we had sort of this mock up schwarzenegger inc megan uh i was a little bit thrown for a loop
2: i okay so in some of the previews arnold actually goes into depth about how he wanted to make sure that the physical doors were larger than the previous doors that the physical table like he wasn't metaphorically saying it's going to be bigger he's like no i'm going to have a larger sized table built for me the doors will be larger than you have seen before why I'm not sure he, he yeah. made the point to talk all about it, that the doors will be bigger.
0: <laughs> the doors will be bigger.
1: I think you just want all the celebrities to look like they were coming out of the borrowers or something that like you're much tinier than me. You cannot sit in this chair like I do.
0: <laughs> the celebrities will look smaller. Yeah. it's <laughs> good well it's going to be interesting uh to see if we if we end up uh getting from the former host of the celebrity apprentice uh that if if he will post a review at any point as of this hour uh that has not yet happened on twitter we'll see. Touching that one no we'll see we'll see <laughs> Mike, what do you think about this made-up company, Schwarzenegger Inc., that they have to be working for? Because in the uh, traditional Celebrity Apprentice, obviously, you know, everything was, oh, the Trump Corporation, you know, Trump Tower. But, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, to my knowledge, uh, does not have a corporation that these people are supposedly working for.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, I have only really gleaned of Arnold Schwarzenegger's career it was pretty much summed up by the narrator in the beginning of what I knew about him you know bodybuilder turned movie star till turned politician you almost feel like businessman is the one sort of area that he really has not traipsed in yet so him having to come up with his own company and build a, apparently a megalith building <laughs> uh, on the Sunset Strip yeah. to build this facade <laughs> is a. Uh, Uh, Again, maybe it's going along with my theory that they balloon the budget now that they're out on the West
0: Coast, because that seems a little much. Yeah, Megan, what does Schwarzenegger Inc. produce?
2: Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe we should ask uh, Melissa. I think her name is the new secretary at the building. (laughs) Okay. Who, by the way, as far as I can tell, is verified on Twitter. Uh, oh, another one? <laughs> oh,
0: man. <laughs> that oh wound God. is just getting perennially salted. No, they're, really, they're really verifying anybody, I guess, at this point. <laughs> so going back to the boardroom, uh, this is where we saw John Lovitz referred to Arnold Schwarzenegger as Arnold. And uh, he was really dressed down, Mike, in the boardroom by Schwarzenegger. That uh, John Lovitz was told that uh, in this room you will call me the governor.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I guess you also have to realize that in politics, I believe, at least my experience with this is like former presidents. I guess since he is a former governor, you will perennially refer to him as governor from now on, uh, which, you know, it varies because I believe the Trident executives called him Mr. Schwarzenegger. So I guess it depends. Maybe you have to literally only be in the boardroom to call him governor. Outside,
0: you can call him whatever you want. Yeah, well, I think for John Lovitz, he's really on his case this whole time.
2: Can't make it look like favoritism.
0: I guess so. Maybe. Do you think he secretly likes John Lovitz the most, Megan?
2: Uh, yes, absolutely. No question about it. <laughs>
1: okay. I think there's, there's, a, there's a chance a month and a half from now we might be saying, how the hell did John Lovitz win Celebrity Apprentice? Yeah. <laughs> and now we can point to this moment.
0: <laughs> so when we finally get to down to business where, OK, now this is real, somebody is going to be getting fired. And I don't think that the women expected to lose. And to me, I do think that this is a, a fun turn in this show where it's like the you know it was all Fun and games, where it was like laughing and uh, having so much fun. But then we got to the point where somebody was going to have to go home, and I don't think that the women were prepared for this, Mike. Now, Portia definitely was not, considering the Shaquila that she went on. Well, she didn't know what to do, Megan. I mean, uh, this se- does not seem to be someone who has wealth of knowledge in the Celebrity Apprentice strategy.
2: And that's the thing that there, you know, there's always this big question now of, okay, is the strategy going to change? But the one thing that should never change is you always have to go in there having somebody else to point the finger at and you lay the groundwork very slowly when you're talking about the project as a whole. And that way you're able to go in with the boom of your person that you're going to uh, point the finger at. Yeah,
0: she went in saying like, nope, there was nobody who did a bad job. You know, everybody I had everybody's support. Everybody was good. You have to at least like sort of hint that somebody was like, and you know, Snooky, God love her. She gave it her all, but you know, she's snooky's gonna be snooky. You know, you gotta at least throw them a bone as somebody that you could bring back into the boardroom with you, Mike. Yeah,
1: it, I mean, it, it definitely seems like you said that she was ill-prepared for all of this and a little bit of bad two-facedness as well, considering that, you know, when she eventually does pick Snooki and Carrie to go into the final boardroom, she's all hugs and kisses on the outside. But then as soon as she gets in there and Arnold's like, okay, who should I fire? She's like, well, Snooki kind of sucks. And Snooki, <laughs> God bless her, immediately calls her out on her BS saying like, you just called me sister out there. Now you're completely throwing me under the bus.
0: Megan, can you even get over the fact that Snooki is on the celebrity apprentice? Because back in 2010, a good seven years ago, when the first lady of podcasting and I used to podcast about celebrity apprentice season three and season two or three of the Jersey shore, we would probably think about like, what a, what a, uh, what a amazing world this would be where Snooki one day will grace the celebrity apprentice. Well,
2: well, Snooki isn't on the celebrity apprentice. Nicole is. Uh,
0: her, well, they uh, called her Snooki. They brought Snooki to the boardroom the second time.
2: I know. I noticed that as she slowly started to become more and more in trouble, they just like were just like, all right, Snooki, get in here. Like, <laughs> yeah. If she's the we're
0: project manager, everybody will yeah. refer to her as Nicole. But when she's getting fired, they're like, oh, Snooki, you're fired. <laughs> you, you're you don't have
1: the decency to be called Nicole yet. You have to
0: earn your stripes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I will say also Snooki, a.k.a. Nicole, uh fellow podcast one podcaster. You can listen to the Naturally Nicole podcast, Megan. I know one of your favorites.
2: It is. Yeah. Always in my feed. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right, So uh, in the boardroom, uh, one of the
0: things that we got to see is that Arnold likes to deliver some anecdotes <laughs> to, <laughs> from his personal life, which I think is my favorite part of the new celebrity apprentice uh, that when Arnold was piling on Porsche for not thinking outside of the box, he told the story of how he as a 19 year old gym manager in Austin. Austria was able to get the gym in the papers in an untraditional way
3: well but I mean you know the thing is I have to tell you that I remember when I was like 19 years old and I was managing a gym in Munich and I was taught to advertise a certain way as the manager and I said to myself you know I'm gonna go an extra step mm-hmm. I'm gonna go in and- take all my clothes off in the middle of the winter and put middle bathing suits on and walk in a marketplace where everyone was shopping <laughs> and post. I wish and I was alive
2: then. <laughs> all of
3: a sudden the media came around photographers, they took pictures and everything that was the next day in the paper. Wow. Mr. Universe running around naked in wow, the market. Right. And all of a sudden our gym was packed. Within two months it was packed. Yeah, why didn't you go into the marketplace and go to the underwear <laughs> and then all the photographers would have come and then when you
0: got a a lot of press in the media why did you not apply the time glide technology to your
1: naked bodies
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then when I showed up from the future and then I was got to go completely naked because that's how you go through the time travel <laughs>
1: Well, my, my how times have changed because that's pretty much what the naked cowboy does today. he gets nary a photographer looking hey, he his He had way. a
0: meeting with, right? He was at Trump Tower recently.
1: Oh, okay, God, I guess that's true. That That's what that's what it'll get you. It'll get you either media uh, exposing or a possible spot in a presidential administration.
2: I mean, we can all agree. This was the best part of the entire two hours, right? Like, no question. This was the highlight. Yeah,
1: I know I know what, Andy Denhart is a little down on Arnold Schwarzenegger, but I agree with Rob. I love these stories, and I really hope that every single episode Arnold finds some opportunity to just bring up a random story about his life.
2: <laughs> also, yeah. I don't know about you guys, but if I see somebody of Mr. Universe size, I don't want to be anywhere near that gym. <laughs> that is gonna be the last gym I want to I regular folk marketplace person want to be. <laughs>
0: yeah. You think that that's going to be sort of a uh, lunk alert if you see this guy works out at this gym in Munich? Uh, You're don't go that there. Button
2: all day long. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: although in fairness, how many gyms were there? I don't think that there was like a, a ton of options for people. Enough to have a 19-year-old manage one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, become the
2: manager. I don't,
1: know, I don't know what the hiring process was like. But like, well, we can go with like the thirty some. the we go with the kid who probably should be in college right now, but let's, let's bring him aboard. It seems like he has the great marketing strategy of getting naked to sell memberships.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And he was already Mr. Universe, but then he was just
1: managing a gym. Yeah. I guess the, the 15 minutes of fame were over.
2: And there must've been competition that he had to advertise against somebody else.
0: (laughs) I guess so. It seems like just showing off that the fact that he is going out to the, in in like a, a little bathing suit in the middle of winter.
2: Maybe that's just what he told his boss. Like, why were you in the market in your bathing suit? And he's like, ah, free advertising. Ah."
0: (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. I mean, this really wasn't that outside of the box of an idea uh, with all due respect to the governor.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure I saw an amazing race task that was like this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know. I I guess the business was booming uh, for the gym and that really set off the whole people walking around in their thong phase of the 70s. This was the truly the boon of Schwarzenegger Inc. right here. Yeah, he also had another story uh, that came later in the episode, and I'm just going to uh, play it here because uh, we're talking about this. When uh, they were talking in the second boardroom about how Snooky said that she was outside of her comfort zone and she didn't want to answer questions in the boardroom because she wasn't comfortable
3: doing that. There's a lot of things that we have to do that we don't feel comfortable. I it's understand. not just about comfort. I know. Sometimes you have to go beyond that. If I would have been training for the world championships in bodybuilding and in powerlifting <laughs> and all those things, only would look for. I'm gonna train only until my comfort level is down, and then from that point on, I stop. <laughs> Do you think I was comfortable when I had to go into the marketplace
0: in a little thong bathing suit and everybody was That'd looking? It
1: was really funny if we just kept going back to
0: the same story every episode. <laughs> Did you think that was comfortable, Snooky? <laughs> I loved it. It's great that he, he—he should. The whole show should just be Schwarzenegger talking about things. So that I'm good with just only boardroom.
1: Well, I mean, speaking of which, I mean, should we get to the sign off catchphrase, which I would say is probably the biggest
0: mystery going into this new celebrity apprentice? Yeah, nobody knew. I felt like that this was a a pretty uh, well-kept secret, Megan. I feel like that going back to in 2015, when we first started talking about this, that nobody really knew what it was going to be. And Megan, I have to say, I still don't know what the official catchphrase is.
2: (laughs) All I know is I lost a lot of money because I had bet on Jingle all the way to the elevator. And (laughs) so now I've lost all my money on that. That
1: was a poor bet. I feel like Arnold regrets that movie. So there's no (laughs) way he's going to reference it whatsoever.
0: Yeah. So it does seem as though the official first part of the catchphrase is you're terminated. But it seems as though that there is a second part, which is I don't know if this is on rotation or if he's winging it or if we have like 13 different second lines that we're going to do. Here is from the first hour when Carrie is fired. Carrie,
3: you terminated. Get to the chopper.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I was fine with that. I was like, oh, that's clever. Okay, that's good. But then in hour number two, when Carney Wilson gets fired, uh, here's the wrinkle he puts on it. <laughs> fresh and oh, fresh! I sorry, I sorry, I <laughs> <laughs> fresh and <laughs> 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 Yep, I, I remember when Arnold signed off with that,
2: right? <laughs> that was the biggest surprise of the night.
3: <laughs> now, this is the line that he said to carney wilson carney you're terminated hasta la vista baby <laughs> <laughs> okay so
0: that was in the mix that was in the running uh, i put out a twitter poll earlier tonight to ask what it was going to be whether it was going to be uh you're terminated or hasta la vista baby but no hasta la vista baby is that going to be a rotation mike you have to assume, I mean, we could sort of throw out some other ones.
1: We're not Matt Eisman in terms of our Schwarzenegger <laughs> love, but you have to assume like maybe get your ass to Mars would be one. Uh, remember when I said, I'd keep you, I lied. Uh, F you asshole. If he's really feeling very, uh, <laughs> he's going to say
0: F you a hole. That would be for John Lovitz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Will we get to, uh, it's not a tumor. <laughs> I, I hope not <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: and is is the cigar part of it sometimes they didn't have it the second time right i
1: loved when he lit up this because again that i was hoping that would be part of every episode of him being like well we had fun didn't we and then he just lights (laughs) up a cigar and talks to people but i mean i feel like we're skipping over the main fact here was he says get to the chopper and you're like haha that's funny but no they (laughs) replaced the taxi cabs with
0: helicopters that's good i like that i I thought that Uh, was a really nice touch
1: but I kind of wish now it seems like that, you know, they usually do the interviews in the taxi cabs. Now I kind of wish they had done it in the chopper though, because it would be like, well, I was, it was really bad time on the show. <laughs> and, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's a great guy. <laughs> Just screaming over the engine, <laughs> roaring. Uh,
0: it, we're kind of buried the lead. I don't know if it is the lead of, uh, <laughs> of Carrie ultimately being fired i mean admittedly she was one of the people that i knew the least about coming into this so i was not super sad to see her go megan do you know anything about this carrie carrie keegan Uh,
2: no the only thing i know about her is she's been on like three of mark brunette's shows which That's the only thing which ones uh i think rock and roll fantasy camp something about p diddy's Money Palace or something and some other sort of uh, MTV rock band, something else. Okay.
0: Appeared in Sharknado 4 as well another so with, NBC all, Universal with all everyone joint? else
1: that was in celebrity apprentice apparently <laughs> yes yeah. Yeah. I'm, su- I'm surprised that ian ziering didn't give her advice
0: <laughs> well i thought that some of the teams could have used him to direct the videos in the second hour that's his f- or come up with a song <laughs> it's
2: <laughs> it's like, <this> <laughs> yeah
0: a little for the lima rita uh so <laughs> carrie keegan is uh the first casualty of Celebrity apprentice. But before we get to talking about the second task, let me take a moment and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. And those are our friends over at Blue Apron. Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. Their mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to Everyone. All right, Mike, what is your pitch for the Blue Apron presentation?
1: Uh, Well, I guess if we're going with the John Lovitz approach, we're going to see a bunch of bad chefs uh, (laughs) to show how horrible they are. Uh, And then we're going to have Vince Neil come in and (laughs) hand them a Blue Apron package. And then they'll suddenly be great chefs.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes. I think that's that's actually pretty good. Yeah, Uh, you can create a knockout meal in no time because uh, it's affordable for less than $10 per person per meal. Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home cooked meals uh, with a variety of new recipes each week. Uh, it's easy. Each meal comes with a step by step, easy to follow recipe card and pre portion ingredients that can be prepared in 40 minutes or less. And Blue Apron is freshness guaranteed with a promise that every ingredient in your delivery arrives ready to cook or they'll make it right. And of course, that they never print the directions horizontally when they should be vertical that they don't have Lisa Leslie printing up the menus for you. So, check out this week's menu, get your first 3 meals free with free shipping, go to blueapron.com/rob. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. That's blueapron.com/rob. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Yeah, usually that that first task involves cooking something. That would have been a good uh, Uh, tie-in. I I
1: believe, uh, doesn't Carney Wilson have a tagline for Blue Apron that she might have sung up in the first hour?
0: (laughs) Fresh and (laughs) fresh! I feel like they can apply to Blue Apron. Always fresh, never fierce ingredients okay all right, uh, so let's talk about our second task, which it's always gonna be fun, Megan, when you get the celebrity apprentice contestants making videos. I, I was thinking to myself, like if like I had some sort of a like a uh, big corporation where we were gonna be advertising on the celebrity apprentice and just kicking around ideas of what we want the celebrity apprentice contestants to do. It does feel like a dicey proposition having them make a video about the company.
2: It does. It does. But, uh, you know, you gotta be edgy, but we have seen in the past, we've seen companies that, um, I think it was, uh, Benjamin Franklin, the punctual plumber, uh, <laughs> where the celebrities do try to kind of go like in like a wacky direction. Uh, you know, Clint black's famous, uh, yes, tide yes. Yes. Commercial, oh, no. and they, they shut it down. So you have to know if you're going into it, that, uh, you want something that's wacky and a little bit different.
0: You want to be like 10% wacky. You don't like, you're never rewarded by these companies when you go for like the big swing for the fences. They never like. Well, that. But,
1: but let's remember though. Wasn't chock full of nuts last year? Wasn't the you had Maraldo Rivera like strolling <laughs> through singing the song? But that lost to the hotel fight that turned into a three way directed <laughs> by Ian Ziering. <laughs>
0: You know, I remember like a lot of the wacky things that happened. I have no recollection of any of the outcomes of any task from the last Celebrity Apprentice. I have nothing. I that I I needed to be reminded who the winner was recently.
1: Well, I mean, that's clearer than the terrorists won. Then Geraldo's words were wrong. If you don't remember the outcome to the
0: show. Yeah. (laughs) although that's less funny now uh so (laughs) that uh, in the second hour okay we had the task where we needed to have the celebrity apprentice contestants work with the people from trident to create a video and a song i don't really know why we needed the song also megan did the video not suffice
2: Oh, I think you always need the song because there's a chance you could have the song be what blows it up. Or, but I didn't realize that the song was going to be describing everything that was happening in the video. I thought it was going to be like, oh, we're going to have a jam on top of something else. But like, no, it was more of like spoken word than a song. Yeah. Well, I think that both
0: teams were really trying to hype up the uh, like the music that was coming out of this, that I think it was uh, at one point it was described that collaboration between Boy George and Vince Neil, you wouldn't even be able to buy a ticket to uh, (laughs) this performance somewhere. And and I, I refute that claim. I mean, I don't think anyone would want to buy a ticket to that (laughs) performance. You couldn't sell a ticket, perhaps, (laughs) to Vince Neil and Boy George.
1: Especially if they're singing their, like, weird, like, Janis Joplin B-side cover. (laughs) Live your little life one smile at a time or whatever it was.
0: Yes.
2: With Vince Neil yelling, drag again out longer, drag again out longer.
0: While while chugging wine. (laughs) Yes. Did you guys happen to see in the news uh, this past week, there was the uh, very tragic passing of George Michael earlier uh, last week. but. Boy George ended up being a part of this news story as uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar actually tweeted out condolences about the loss of Boy George. Did you see that, Mike? Yes,
1: I believe Sarah Michelle Gellar is now probably going to equate Celebrity Apprentice with The Walking Dead at this point because she <laughs> yes. thinks that the dead have risen and have populated Arnold Schwarzenegger's boardroom.
0: <laughs> Megan, she tweeted, uh, do you really want to hurt me? I guess you do. 2016 hashtag R.I.P. Boy George. I was truly <laughs> one of your biggest fans.
2: Man, she can now uh, put that Culture Club record away for a little bit.
0: Uh, she probably was uh, very surprised when she watched the show tonight. Yes. Yeah, so as we all know, Sarah Michelle Gellar, the biggest Celebrity Apprentice fan. Yes.
1: She
2: probably was like, oh, my gosh, they filmed this so long ago. What a great tribute that he was alive then.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they very that uh, there was no end card for uh, in memory of uh, of Boy George.
1: I do. I do think they should have since this is the network that aired SNL, they should have doubled down with the joke they had during the 40th reunion of SNL and showed a John Lovitz card at the end of every episode. So considering how things went in 2016, people might take it a little too seriously. Yes.
0: Yes. Although as a vampire slayer, I think that uh, it may just uh, make her a little bit alarmed to see somebody she thought was dead roaming around uh, the streets of Los Angeles. yes boy george will soon be staked after sarah <laughs> michelle keller watched this episode yeah.
2: she went full buffy <laughs>
0: full buffy all right so uh this time around Carney wilson becomes the project manager uh brooke burke uh trying to throw Carney wilson under the bus uh from the get-go megan what would you think of that brooke burke saying like uh i i knew that i wanted to make her the project manager
2: she did it on the first challenge, too, to Portia. She's so sneaky, this Brooke Burke. Yeah, uh, Brooke yeah, I, I liked it. I liked the move. <laughs> I mean, I think that uh, uh, we talked about before that, even though Arnold said you gotta you gotta make big moves, you game changers here. Uh, that it doesn't hurt to have those first couple of challenges to prove that you can be a good little worker bee and get people on your side. So that when it is ter- your turn to be the project manager, um, you know you have some some clout on your side.
1: Yeah. To be fair to you, Arnold, this might be the only reality show where building your resume is an applicable expression.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh john lovitz after schwarzenegger really dings him as uh that there's so many uh big movie stars here like and john lovitz uh then uh john lovitz ends up uh being able to show the governor that he he does have what it takes mike
1: yes though uh not at first though again this probably lives up to the uh the general creative ideology of never take the first idea that you have in your head as (laughs) As I alluded to before, John Lovett's big opus was to have boy George with his horrendous British bad teeth trying to smile, and then Vince Neil would hand him some trident gum, and he'd be okay at the end of the day. Yeah,
0: yeah, I I really don't necessarily uh, get what he was going for. And I think that everybody's like, is this going to help sell any gum to anybody? Uh, But John Lovett seems like, he really thought that was hilarious. Yeah, and I
1: mean, we'll talk later about like, I guess the uh, this cardinal sin of Matt Eisman's chicken wing sauce face,
0: but (laughs) but pretty obvious not to do that. I don't know why, but
1: I don't know. But but what about the orbit scum? Remember when they had the campaign for a while of like everyone getting the dirty mouth and covering themselves with all sorts of goop and then having a big white smile? I guess so.
0: But I mean, that's not really what they were going for, but it's neither here nor there. Megan, do you know anything about this Kyle Richards? Because she is another person that was an unknown to me coming into this.
2: I don't. I mean, I know that she's one of the housewives and I I don't watch the housewives show. Um, Her biggest claim to fame to me is number one is that she's um, Paris Hilton's aunt. And number two, she always looks familiar. Like she's just got a familiar look. That's her second claim to fame for me. (laughs) Looks
0: familiar. Paris Hilton's aunt. Wow.
2: Yeah, I think uh, she's uh, sisters to Paris Hilton's mother or she's uh, half sisters to Paris Hilton's mother.
0: OK, we'll go with that. Uh, but <laughs> so she has this idea that uh, she really is so proud of about how, hey, why? How about this? Get this. Why don't we get Layla Ali in a boxing ring? OK, you hear me? I <laughs> know this is a little like off the wall and then it's a gum commercial. OK, And then she has the gum and we say, how about this for a knockout smile? I mean, Mike, uh, that who could have ever thought of an idea
1: like this? Who would have thought that if there was a possibility in the span of like 10 years, we would have seen Snooki get knocked out twice on
0: television.
2: <laughs> hey, Snooki
1: did not knock her out. I know. I'm glad that they reversed it because I don't know. I think it would have hit a little too close to home. I'm sure Snooki would have spoken up in protest of like, wait a minute. I don't want to get knocked out again on live television. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, later on, we were going to have Kyle explain this idea in the boardroom and, uh, she's going to ta- defend this idea because it really is, even though the executives hated it, uh, she's still saying this was, uh, the perfect idea.
2: We
3: didn't want to make the obvious choice. We wanted to look at a commercial that people were going to go, oh, my God, there's Layla Ali in the ring with Snooki. You've got to be kidding me. I would never walk away from that TV. It makes you want to try the gum and it's inspiring.
0: (laughs) You would never walk away from the TV if you saw Snooki in a commercial (laughs) with Layla Ali. Ever? I like
1: I like the idea that it's inspiring <laughs> yes. that, you know, you can defeat your biggest bullies if you chew
0: trident gum and cherish <laughs> your smile. Well, I thought that the dumbest part of it was, OK, that Snooki has the knockout smile, but then the girl who didn't even eat the gum uh, also had the knockout smile. Because and they had to show two different <laughs>
1: smiles. I guess so. Yeah, th- this is the weird thing about the girls is that in the first episode, they did really well of like showing off the product, but they didn't use their celebrity. This time, they're like, great, we're going to use our celebrity. But then they did a horrible job of describing the product and embracing the message that these executives really outlined for them to use. And we'll talk about the video, but uh, Snooki's knockout smile is like a murderous, lecherous <laughs> smile instead.
0: yeah. Neither of the videos really came out that great.
2: Also, were shut the shut serving size for trident gum, are you supposed to dump it back like that? Are you supposed to like <laughs> swallow like 50 of the little chicklets there of them?
0: Yes, I think that's how it works really inspiring to do that. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, as the teams were working on their song, uh, Carney Wilson was working on the song for the women, but, uh, Vince Neil and boy George were working on the song for the men. And I don't know if there was just no footage of this or it wasn't that big of a deal as it actually happened. Megan, did you have any sense that there was this friction between Vince Neil and boy George during the making of the song for the Trident Gum commercial?
2: I mean, I think they just took every sort of like stern glance that boy, George had. And every time that Vince Neil could have possibly slipped on a word or messed it up, they tried to drag it out and they kept doing gratuitous shots of his plastic cup of (laughs) Franzia.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Mike, that this was, uh, have we had this before where, uh, the teams are really fighting about this? I mean, I'm sure Dennis Rodman at some point, uh, that he like disappeared, but uh, have we had an issue with people being drunk during the tasks?
1: I mean, that was Dennis Rodman's probably the biggest one. I mean, if we're talking about arguing over menial things, though, how can we glance over meatloaf and the missing paintbrush?
0: <laughs> sure,
1: sure. But uh, I mean, this 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 conflict is definitely spelling bad news for the Boy George Vince Neil concert
0: that they think they can sell tickets to. Yeah, Megan, who's gonna last longer, Boy George or Vince Neil?
2: Ooh, um. I hope it's Boy George because he's given he's given better TV this week. Um, That's my hope.
0: Yes, Uh, I think it's 100 percent going to be Boy George. I, I really question how much Vince Neil even wants to be there. No, he's he's very much fodder at this point, which
1: is definitely saying something, because I feel like the men's team is the women's team is like definitely having some personalities come out as well. But I feel like the men's team is definitely stocked with the more electric personalities across the board.
0: Yeah, I did like when boy George uh, threw Vince Neil under the bus in the boardroom. I was talking about how He was not crazy about the uh, cocktails in the afternoon uh, in the and Vince Neil was like, hey, that's just the creative process here. That's how we did it in the surreal life house. <laughs>
1: yeah. Corey <laughs> Feldman had a drink
0: every time with Emmanuel
1: Lewis and Jerry Manthe. <laughs> That's
3: how it all comes back.
0: Now, uh, over on the women's side, there was one consistent voice of resistance, maybe the voice of reason uh, <laughs> that we mentioned earlier. Lisa Leslie hated this idea for a number of reasons, even though uh, the other six women on the team all thought that this was a uh, a real surefire knockout hit. Uh, Megan, did you know that Lisa Leslie was correct?
2: Uh, I mean, listen, in the first challenge, okay, they missed that Tyra's product was made by artisanal people in Italy. I get it. But I was so
0: indignant about that. Like, we have people that were the the artisanal scientists that worked in Italy. I believe
1: it's pronounced arete people
0: in (laughs) it. Yeah, the Trident people, uh, they were not as precious. (laughs)
2: But I I think I think she had a point. I think that the number one thing is, what do they want out of this? And at least if we can check the box of this is what they want, um, at least we have something to hold on to and to defend
0: all the other women just were casting dispersions onto lisa leslie at that point including Snooky, who eventually would uh, come around as lisa would defend her in the boardroom later on in the episode but here is Snooky even throwing shade at lisa
3: i think lisa did her job but she's not really so much a team player
0: Snooky, really, Lisa Leslie, who was the captain of a women's Olympic basketball gold medal winning team, she's not a team player, Snooky. Well, I, maybe it's not that she's not a team player, maybe she just thinks,
1: sees things a little differently, a little sideways, if you will. <laughs> ironic that we have a we have a problem with somebody being sideways while Vince Neil is drinking wine I think that's a nice connection
2: then Snooky should be familiar with seeing things sideways
0: (laughs) yes all right that is a fair point so uh Lisa Leslie did film the uh camera sideways now luckily it seemed like what were they doing that somebody was like shuttling the footage from the set back to the edit bay where they were able to look at the footage while they were still shooting stuff Mike I mean, I don't know how GoPros
1: work necessarily, but you have to assume that nowadays, like you upload all your footage to like a cloud, which is where they could grab it. Because yeah, otherwise they would have been pretty screwed or it reminds me, of like I think it was the Arsenio Hall finale where like he filmed the whole thing with Magic Johnson and it was all completely profile at first. And so it's almost unusable. But then they were able to grab it at the last minute. It's it's frightening. So at least they were able to salvage it at the last minute. Though, of course, it still did not net them a win whatsoever. Yeah.
0: In fairness, uh, with this GoPro, the, the whole thing is kind of a cube. So I, I can understand how you could make that mistake. So I, I wasn't killing Lisa Leslie over that. I don't know. Joey Amazing could figure it out. I think Lisa, <laughs> Leslie, <could.
1: laughs>
2: and they all seem to blame it on the fact that Lisa's like too tall for anybody else to have any responsibility. Like Lisa's too tall. We couldn't see what yeah, was going on with the camera. We couldn't see what was going
0: on up there. It was uh, that she's seven feet tall.
1: I'm allowed to be the only big person in this show, Lisa. You terminated.
0: Put that cookie down. We made a table, and the table wasn't even big enough for Lisa Leslie. <laughs> We had to take a GoPro and we had to turn it sideways. That's how tall she is.
1: (laughs) maybe that's why maybe she's used to people carrying their cameras sideways to
0: encapsulate her her entire
1: night. that she thought that's just a way to film everything
0: yeah (laughs) so uh, the men's team they were running around uh, down on uh, Venice Beach uh, to get all of the different things that make them smile Uh, Megan did you think that it was the right call to have John Lovett singing the song
2: (laughs) Uh, you know what it wasn't the wrong call I guess (laughs) It could have been much worse. I mean, they were trying to be semi-creative. They did have kind of this basic idea for their for their movie. Um, So maybe having John do it was at least something different. Although I do give Carson credit for doing a great job of lip syncing it the whole time when they were in the uh, boardroom presentation.
1: Yeah. Um, Ricky Williams has is that if that's really his voice at the end doing the gospel (laughs) thing. uh, He's a man of many talents, apparently.
0: Yeah, the problem with Ricky Williams is that without his dreadlocks, I don't know if anybody is going to uh, recognize him. And maybe this could be an issue for Russell Swan moving forward. Who also <laughs> recently- yes, Ricky Williams is really a harbinger of doom for Russell Swan. <laughs> <laughs> did you know that? Megan, did you see that Russell Swan has uh, recently cut his dreadlocks?
2: I didn't. Oh, yes. my gosh. Yes,
0: I saw a picture on Survivor Reddit. That's the end of an era.
2: New no year, longer new much you.
1: No longer looks like a Arnold's former co-star, the Predator. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So for Ricky Williams, yeah, I thought that they should have had him at least in the football jersey that you could have uh, potentially uh, recognized him that he was maybe a football player. But no, they just had him in gospel. So I don't know if uh, how, how you were supposed to tell that was him.
2: And it like, what was it just me or like it wasn't fully zipped or something like you could still see his shirt underneath. I don't know. He just looked like he was in like a bad judge costume.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. my Life's little smiles when I get to be a district court judge.
0: Yeah. So ultimately, uh, we went to the boardroom uh, after John Lovitz uh, told the judges from Trident like, well, we won. Uh, <laughs> Mike, did you think that, that was going to piss them off? I mean, they were pretty pissed off at this point already. <laughs> I
1: loved it. I mean, of course, Carson is it's like the king of confessionals at this point. But him describing the absolute stone faces that the execs had. And I know that. There have been challenges in the past where they've shown this type of thing, and oftentimes like the executives have like the opposite reactions. If they really love something, they'll often treat it with more scrutiny than they would something that they really don't like. But it was really funny for Carson to just describe how much they were really enjoying it themselves and cut to the they're not even smiling. They're just completely like almost agog at what they're watching and <laughs> yeah. what they're advertising.
0: Megan, is it reasonable to assume that the executives hated both presentations?
2: Absolutely, they probably were more confused at why the El Capitan Theater had to be a part of it, and why they all kept getting dragged there for no reason. They could have shown this video anywhere.
0: <laughs> this is where all my movies are. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that that was a good, a good location. Schwarzenegger Inc. rented out the place for the day, so they needed. But to he didn't
2: even come it. to watch the movie. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait, wait, wait. That's strange that he, he shows up to Tyra's beauty presentation to like, and it almost seemed like when he was tweeting it, he was like sending a message, like, no, this is going to be different. I'm going to all the presentations. And then he just uh, pl- plays hooky and skips out on the Trident movies. You know, I, I know sometimes uh, when, when Trump was on, they used to like re- have him re show the movies when they were in the boardroom to him, but we skipped out on that this time around.
0: Yeah, it's always a weird thing because it's a little bit like that it's better TV. I think when whether it's uh, Trump or Schwarzenegger, that the eyes and ears, you know, uh, Tyra and Patrick are sort of like telling him what the executives are saying. But then it's a little weird when it's sort of like, uh, I guess it could be like, oh, they told me. But I I like when the the eyes and ears are telling him what happened.
2: But I also like when they show it in the boardroom, because that way the opposite team can throw shade at it. (laughs) uh, And that's always good, too.
0: Yeah. I I do think that in in fairness to Arnold Schwarzenegger, I I do think that Trump was better uh, with that. I think that Schwarzenegger is going to be a great host. But I do think that in terms of hosting The Apprentice, I think Trump is going to be better when he talks about like looking at something that he hates. He's better at like uh, insulting stuff than I think Schwarzenegger ultimately will be.
1: Yes, I think the most Arnold Schwarzenegger will chastise someone is to directly connect it to a story from his childhood.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. so in terms of the teams going back to the boardroom, we find out that the men have won again. And again, we get this storyline about uh, Boy George versus Vince Neil. And whether this is going to be foreshadowing for a bigger fight down the road. Megan, do you think that we're going to have the blowout between Vince Neil and Boy George? Fingers crossed. (laughs) Yes, I think so. I think it's coming. Uh, And the executives really turned out uh, they hated the whole thing uh, with the chicken wings. Uh, They didn't like the dirty face that uh, Trident is all about freshness and cleanliness. Who knew? I, Mike. Who knew? It's the choice of gum for all OCD people around the world. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So then we got into a whole discussion when it was just the women about uh, this was not an everyday smile. Uh, Snooki versus Leila Ali. Not the everyday smile that Trident was looking for. And, uh, Lisa, I thought actually had a pretty good move, Megan, uh, in terms of before they even said who lost, Hey, was there anybody who thought this was a bad idea? I think that's kind of a good move to be the person to say upfront, you know what? I actually didn't like the idea because there's a 50, 50 chance you're going to lose. If you win, it's like no harm, no foul. And then it's almost like individual immunity, right? If you end up going to the boardroom, Megan.
2: Is that Lisa's move every single time? Is she going to disagree with the idea so she can be like, well, wasn't my idea? Wasn't my thing? Yeah,
0: I think that's a good, right, Mike? I mean, if you end up going to the boardroom, then you can say like, look, I said this was dumb the whole time.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I guess it's, that's, that's good for like your short term game because, yeah, it pays off in spades here where, like, when Carney makes the dumb decision to bring Lisa back, Lisa can say, like, no, this was a losing idea. And I said it was from the start. But you have to wonder in terms of like a long term game, uh, you know, not just playing first quarter, play, but playing a whole game of basketball here. Uh, is this strategy going to mean that, like, is she going to get into arguments with teammates? Will people be less likely to work with her because they feel like she's just going to throw them under the bus at any point in time?
0: Yeah, um, I, I think this is probably the Omarosa strategy. Ultimately, where, that you just like, uh, like it, you know, in the boardroom, just start throwing people under the bus. But I do think it's an effect it can get you at least far enough.
1: Yes, well, we'll wait until Lisa Leslie comes in saying a brick hit her on the head, no. then she go full Omarosa.
0: <laughs> you don't want to go full Omarosa. No, uh, is, there
1: a, I, is there a British? Is there a British man
0: on the show for her? No, boy George. Boy George. boy George.
1: Boy <laughs> George.
0: <laughs> yeah. So that uh Carney Wilson's her argument about why Lisa Leslie should be fired is that uh she held the camera sideways. Now ultimately the camera work was one of the things that the Trident executives like uh you had to feel like this was a losing argument, right Megan?
2: It was, did Did either of you see a difference in the extreme camera quality between both of them? Because I thought they were equally awful. <laughs> well,
1: well, they, well, they loved in particular this idea of going from black and white into color. Yeah. So that choice of cinematography alone probably put Lisa in the clear. I mean, that is a
0: pretty original idea. I mean, uh, that, yeah, I don't I mean, know, know like if, like if I've wizarding. ever seen that. No, the,
1: it's not like a movie from the nineteen thirties that might be considered one of the most popular movies of all time, did
0: it or anything? Yeah, but this was really good. <laughs>
1: well, I guess to well technically to every to you know to Lisa Leslie, everyone are technically munchkin. So I guess she's just channeling the wizard <laughs> of France.
0: Yeah. So Kyle had this idea. Everybody like acknowledged this was her idea. And we have this point where like Snooky proverbially here is on the ropes. Schwarzenegger is asking her. Okay, Nicole, who do you think should be fired? And she's like, ah, she's like hemming and hawing, and he's really like getting mad. And uh, she's like, oh, I can't give you a straight answer. And he's like, Nicole, by not participating, it is putting yourself
3: in danger.
0: <laughs> and she's like, uh, uh. And then finally, like, Carney was like, All right, I got it, I got it, I know who I'm bringing to the boardroom. Stop, stop it right here.
1: Yeah. And then, then she, like, you think she's saving Snooky there, but then she brings Snooki in with her.
0: <laughs> yeah. She's like, I got it, I got the right answer. It's Lisa Leslie and Snooki. Bring them.
2: Basically, she's like, I'm going to stop you right now, Snooky, from throwing me under the bus. Let me throw you first, and then it'll all be good. Boom. Yeah. All set.
0: And at this point, I wrote in my notes in all caps, "Carney Wilson will be fired. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, well, this did you have- is classic celebrity uh, apprentice uh, mistake here, right?
1: Yeah, though you have to wonder. I mean, it's always a little bit up for grabs when you like bring in someone who came up with the bad idea? Because couldn't they also, couldn't Kyle have made the argument of like, hey, I came up with the idea, but Carney, you were the one that approved it and went forward with it. Like, I feel like this was a no-win situation for Carney, no matter who she brought back.
0: Yeah, I was thinking that it could have been the thing where it's like, okay, let me bring Snooki as the pawn into the boardroom where potentially you could have done the thing where it's like the two-on-one where you have the person who is uh, gonna also pile on Lisa as well. Cause Snooki didn't like her, but, uh, Megan, this was just a terrible strategy on the part of Carney Wilson. Can you think of uh, some of the more famous examples of this?
2: Oh, I think the classic example is uh, Gene Simmons, who uh, there was a Kodak challenge and uh, Gene Simmons said, with all due respect, I disagree. I still think our idea was better. And they're like, but you lost. Yeah. And it's like, I don't care. I still think my idea was was really good. And, uh, and then, you know, Gene himself got fired because he just he couldn't get it out of his head. He's like, you know, all due respects to the people that run Kodak, but I know more about them than they do.
1: Yeah. And Rob, I know I know you might not remember this, but last season. Uh, let's remember that the fall of Kevin Jonas came yes, when I think yes. he brought back like Lorenzo Lamas maybe because <laughs> he was like, oh, I'm bringing back my ally with Geraldo so that we can <laughs> both go in on him. And Trump was very understandably like, why the hell did you do that? You're fired now.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, th- I feel like that's a, definitely a thing where if you bring in the person where they, it's like they very clearly have said this person will be fired if you bring them and then you don't bring them. Then th- that is almost uh, 100% grounds that you're going to get fired. And Lisa Leslie just destroyed Carney Wilson in the boardroom.
2: I mean, the greatest thing about Lisa, and I, I don't have a specific reference, the greatest thing about Lisa is that she was articulate, but she also was very uh, to the point and non-emotional about it. A lot of times you'll get a lot, of, a lot of tears, a lot of fireworks. Like nobody else even got a chance to talk. She spoke, she dropped a mic, and then people got shoved in choppers. Like that's just how it went.
0: <laughs> yeah, and she called her shot when they were in sort of like uh the lobby she's like yeah you made a big mistake and i'm gonna tell you why in the boardroom and then she really just nailed it uh it was like a three-point plan of that she was like you know that she said from the beginning that this was the wrong thing uh she tried to tell carney wilson uh she said no Snooky shouldn't even be here and it was just like, yeah, there was no, no coming back from that after uh, Lisa got done. And I'd be intrigued to see.
1: I, I don't remember if, you know, we don't see people viewing the boardroom on the TVs anymore. Sometimes yeah. they turn off before the final boardroom. But you have to wonder if their team was looking on, like, what do you think the chances When do you think is the next time we're going to see Lisa Leslie get called back into the final boardroom? Because I think they just saw someone that can very clearly knock her out. And not with just a winning smile.
0: Yeah. It was really a, a big mistake to take Lisa into the boardroom, you know, bring keep bringing Snooki back Snooki. We might see her in the boardroom every single week because that she's not going to be able to put together a coherent argument against anybody. But Lisa, that that is uh, she's a killer in the boardroom.
2: Arnold did allude to the fact that they were going to be able to watch while they popped, while they popped bottles over there. Uh, I was surprised we didn't see that more of well, the people <laughs> watching and the ooh and aahing.
0: He did say that Vince Neal should be careful. Uh, not too many more <laughs> bottles for him. Yes, boy George is keeping a watch over everyone now to make sure
1: that there's a DD uh, taking everyone back to their hotels at the end of every night. Yes. Is uh, someone
2: checking on shale to make sure he's okay?
0: <laughs> yeah, purple shale. <laughs> Uh, people were saying on Facebook today that he's going to be the star of the show. Mike, did he have one sentence in two hours? Well,
1: he was the one that put together the brilliant idea of the Vince Neil Boy George concert. But, yeah, we we got a lot of buildup for people like him and Matt Eisman. And I feel like Matt Eisman is just a really fantastic personality. But uh, Chael or Charo or whatever his name is, um, I mean, I guess we were told he was what, like the, a heel of the UFC, essentially. Um, and looking into him, he seemed to, you know, he has a really... Interesting history. He ran as a Republican candidate with the Oregon House of Representatives in 2010. He wants to buy the WWE after he retires. Uh, he hosts a podcast as well. He's been on reality TV before. Uh, I think he got busted from the UFC for juicing a couple of times. So he seems like a hothead, but we really haven't seen that thus far. So maybe we're just waiting for that time bomb to fully tick. Or maybe he just is dealing with things differently in a different type of setting outside of the ring. Yeah, perhaps. I'm just upset
2: we haven't gotten to say Netflix and Chael. I mean, that's all I've <laughs> wanted to do.
0: Yes. hold, keep that one in your pocket. <laughs> yes, uh, I will also add that uh, that Chael, uh, a fellow host on the podcast, one uh, host of You're Welcome with Chael Sonnen. So we're, I can't we're wait all at the uh-
1: the inevitable crossover with you, Snooky, and Shale covering post mortem celebrity <laughs> apprentice.
0: Yes. Well, I have to see how many other uh, celebrity apprentice contestants have podcasts on podcast one. Uh, well, Brandy uh, Glanville? Brandy Glanville? Brings sure. 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 <laughs> so we have to see to see you got a whole thing going on all right uh so let's get into uh quickly a couple of questions uh from the listeners tonight before we start to uh wind down Humberto wants to know did Lisa just Todd Herzog that boardroom (laughs) I wouldn't want to go against her uh (laughs) Mike would you say that that Lisa Todd Herzog the boardroom
1: Well, I guess in the case of Carney Wilson, he did. She did shut up her uh, to quote James Clement. So I guess that that comparison does hold true. Yeah, uh,
0: really fantastic work. Uh, Also, Humby says uh, Brooke Burke is the unsung hero of this story. Uh, Are you buying or selling Brooke Burke as the unsung hero tonight?
2: I I I'm I'm gonna buy Brooke Burke. I I think that she's getting in there. She's getting sneaky. I think Brooke Burke's here for the long haul. I don't know if she's a hero. I think that may be uh you know heavy-handed words, but you know. She's
1: something. I, like, I agree. I think Brooke has a Lisa Rinna upside. If you remember from like Celebrity <laughs> Apprentice All Stars, how she we're like, wait, how did she make her way into the final four? I feel like we could very easily see that with
0: Brooke. Yeah. Uh, one of my other favorite moments of the night came in that second boardroom where Arnold was starting to get mad that there was uh, too much hemming and hawing going on. Obviously, this was also something that Donald Trump frequently would complain about in the boardroom when people would not give him an answer. Uh, This is where Arnold Schwarzenegger gets his first taste of that.
3: Right now, I feel like a woman that is surrendering over there, that is crumpling. Oh, my God, he's asking me who we should fire. Oh, my God, this is maybe too much.
1: (laughs) I was going to say, I feel like the audio cannot describe, though, his like. For lack of a better term, he's like floopy hands as he's like (laughs) rigging them to show
0: how wishy-washy he is. Oh my God, everybody's asking so many questions. It's like too much I don't mean to answer.
2: And how about that dad stare he gave when the women were still talking and he went on to the men? That was terrifying. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. When, when the women were, yeah, he's like, all right, uh, Matt, tell me about uh, when you got chicken wing sauce on your face and the women are still talking and he just glares at her and b- perfect editing moment when the music just stops and freezes and then it goes right back into it. I hope they, they do more stuff with that. That's one reason why I love this show.
3: You guys are dunking more questions can I, can than Congress.
1: <laughs>
0: yes. Oh, please. Uh, let's not get too political. Arnold (laughs) does Congress duck a lot of questions? (laughs) I'm not entirely sure there are lame ducks that exist in Congress (laughs) so I don't know if that counts I don't know (laughs) Uh, this was another clip I pulled uh, tonight this was from when uh, we saw Portia was trying to give Snooki an answer why she threw her under the bus Portia
3: called me out Well, and she said Nicole should go home (gasps) I did but honestly it just came out really quick you know (laughs) <laughs> is that response? Like, I don't, it just came
1: out quick that, that was yeah, uh, love, yeah her excuse is that she paul blurted essentially
2: <laughs> didn't yeah. mean to it was if just you say a, something fast it's not mean yeah it
0: was just a quick thing that came out it just like <laughs> uh, came out very quickly <laughs> Well i don't know um also uh this is a question from uh, deshawn on the facebook wants to know if you guys had a makeup line, what two looks would you want to include? Mike, have you thought about this? Uh, what would I be know, your probably, fresh and fierce? I'd be bloom versus gloom. Bloom and gloom. I like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, because I guess I'm a very I'm, I consider myself a pretty sunny, positive person. And then I can represent, the, I guess, the gloomier side of myself and darker contours. Megan, do you have two signature looks?
2: Oh, gosh. Uh-
1: <laughs> what about what about Megan A to Z? <laughs>
2: there you go. That'll work. <laughs> thank you thank you mike uh yeah yes <laughs> mike's my personal love, personal love glam what are they gl- not glamazon what is it on the show glam well, I'll, I'll be
1: i'll be your glamazon i've watched rupaul's enough rupaul's drag race at this i know holidays. that's what i was
2: going <laughs> for that was my first thought was uh there was so many puns it was just like rupaul
0: <laughs> yes Cass McEwen uh, commented on the thread. She said, uh, we switched to The Bachelor at the first commercial. Uh, yeah, there's a pretty good rivalry going on between this podcast and The Bachelor Rehab Up show uh, with Amy and Haley. Uh, it'll be interesting to see not just uh, who listens to which podcast, but I'm actually very interested to see how the ratings are going to be. Mike, do you have an idea in terms of how The Celebrity Apprentice will hold up against the Bachelor juggernaut? From what
1: I recall when we did this two years ago, it was the exact same time slot. And I feel like it did pretty well and that was the first time that they had done the monday night premiere and they had done like the two episodes in one so granted i feel like if you look on like social media clout it's very clear that the bachelor especially it being the premiere definitely dominated the celebrity apprentice but you have to uh take a look at the silent majority a little bit and see uh, in terms of
0: when the numbers come in what uh what beats what yeah megan do you have a prediction in terms of how the ratings are going to shake out
2: i think the bachelor is going to clock celebrity apprentice on this one
0: I really do I feel like look I am very much a uh, team celebrity apprentice but I kind of feel like that there's a huge overlap in the people that watch these shows and I feel like that just the bachelor has continued just to roll along and maybe even get bigger and bigger and I'm just not sure how the celebrity apprentice is going to hold up against uh, the bachelor It'd be interesting to see how the hmm. ratings are going to look uh, now did you either of you check out the new nbc show that followed the celebrity apprentice tonight the wall hosted by chris hardwick (laughs) I have not uh, climbed that wall yet, no. (laughs) No. First off, I talk about Chris Hardwick uh, as the host of The Talking Dead quite a bit on our Walking Dead podcast. I think that Chris Hardwick would be the person that I would want to deliver any bad news that I ever get in my life. He's just the most uh, sympathetic person that if anybody's going to be losing money on the wall, I think he's the person that you want to be like, oh my God, oh, I feel so sorry for you that you lost that money. Really empathize. With these people. Do we know that- the rules of the wall? Yes, yes. So the basically the wall is uh imagine the set of Who Wants to be a Millionaire with a Plinko board, and then uh you they ask you a question, and you get the question correct, they drop a like electronic giant ball down the Plinko board, and then it lands in the right spot. But if you got the question wrong, the ball turns from green to red and it takes money away. But Hypothetically, if you got every question right and the ball landed in the right spot every time, you could win up to 12 million oh dollars. So He's gonna get
2: canceled soon, right?
0: Yeah, to me, I thought that the the way NBC programmed the night would have been, and I'm not sure what time The Bachelor starts. The Bachelor started at eight or at nine? Yeah,
1: eight to ten. Eight to ten.
0: Yeah, so I, I maybe they felt like that the right move to counter program The Bachelor was to put on The Celebrity Apprentice at eight, but I thought felt like that probably the lowest common denominator show was going to just like watch the bouncing ball uh, fall down the wall was going to be to put that on at eight o'clock. I'm not sure how many people were going to switch over to watch the wall at at 10 p.m. Although the. Uh, Perhaps if NBC was trying to feel like, OK, we've got The Celebrity Apprentice, that if we are going to be catering to a Trump audience, perhaps a show called The Wall was going to be just a show that would be like, hey, if you like Trump, we got Celebrity Apprentice and The Wall all on Monday nights here on NBC. Well, then they're gonna get complaint calls of like, "You already
1: built it. <laughs> <No>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Who paid for I, this? I tuned,
1: in to, to, I tuned in to watch if someone build a wall, and they already <laughs> did it."
0: Yeah. All right. So uh, that's all coming up there. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how uh, the block of Celebrity Apprentice and The Wall ends up holding up here on NBC. Interesting. Uh, Ari Ferrari also wants to know, uh, based on his career trajectory, how long until Arnold becomes president? And I have to say that. I, I mean, it would seem less uh, improbable than Donald Trump becoming the president. I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger was already the governor of California. Yes, he uh, you, it was not born a U.S. citizen. But, you know, you look uh, like I, I guess I could say like, uh, you know, stranger things have happened. Right. I mean, there was a legitimate movement, if you
1: remember, back in like the mid 2000s after he became governor. Yeah, he was to make him president for a while.
0: Sure yeah I yeah.
1: so, like
2: d- his cigars
0: <laughs> yeah no I remember like a legitimate talk like when I first moved to Los Angeles in 2004 right after the, you know uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger became uh, the governor uh, that they had the recall election and he became the governor and people were talking about he was like a really hot candidate and, and, and you know and his political career has uh, has really cooled off uh, due to uh, like uh, a number of factors uh, from scandal to you know maybe not doing the best job as governor of California so I think it's, it's rather unlikely at this point in time, but you know, like, uh, don't rule out the, you know, look, this is the springboard of the celebrity apprentice.
1: Well, if that's the case, are we going to see now just like a bunch of career politicians start running to the to host the Celebrity Apprentice? Now, <laughs> right. this is really like, like 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 screw going to Congress, screw the Senate. It's all about hosting the Celebrity Apprentice now. That's really the ladder that <laughs> so helps you climb. So, you think you that Hillary to
0: Clinton could potentially uh, be knocking on Mark Burnett's door for a show? stranger things have happened as you just said
2: (laughs) just like how they had the martha stewart version they can have other spinoffs
0: i actually don't think that the hillary clinton apprentice would be bad i think you you could have bill like going out there chelsea clinton sort of like uh as the new ivanka sitting uh you know going and judging these things who knows
1: I, I think it's I mean, it's interesting. And I think the like the Trump family, I think we're able to see a lot of his family in the course of Celebrity Apprentice. I think it'd be interesting to sort of capitalize on more notable families. I don't know if we need to go all the way to like Kardashian levels, but like other I mean, if they did like Baldwin Celebrity Apprentice, what do you think
0: that would it be like? <laughs> well, we have had a fair dose of Stephen Baldwin <laughs> on the Celebrity Apprentice before.
2: <laughs> He's a mole.
0: <laughs> yes okay all right uh let's let's stop here before we go uh too far off the rails all right so uh hashtag time uh megan do you have any thoughts
2: uh the only thing i have written down was the fierce awakens
0: the fierce awakens that's pretty good mike do you have anything that could top that so what so what
1: did we contextualize as a thing that Carney wilson sang about
0: (laughs) fresh and fair. I think she actually legitimately did say The Fierce Awakens.
1: <laughs> wow. I, you know what? I'll, I'll, you know, maybe she was speaking Gungan or something. That's why I she's able to clean it. Yeah, um, yeah let me, we could go with that. I let her work pressure fit or whatever.
0: Carney Wilson was able to bellow out there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, this was so much fun uh, to go through all this. I hope you guys enjoyed it too. Especially, hopefully, everybody felt like that this was a, a good use of their time to spend two hours watching The Celebrity Apprentice
3: and almost two hours
0: of us talking about it. Not to uh,
3: mention
1: one hour of watching America's new favorite show, The Wall.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
2: And the two hours to catch up on The Bachelor after that.
0: (laughs) Right, right. So it's a a real commitment on a Monday night for the reality TV fan. So okay, we'll uh, be awaiting to see uh, the reviews of The Celebrity Apprentice from uh, notable people who are, uh, I'm sure, watching it closely. We will be awaiting the ratings to see how it did. And of course, uh, next week, we'll be back with more Celebrity Apprentice talk. Here on Rob has a podcast, so make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Rob has a website.com/slash iTunes. Uh, we got a lot of fun stuff uh, coming up here in January on the podcast. We're going to be also talking about the new CBS hit reality series, Hunted. Plus, uh, we're uh, working on some interviews with the uh, standouts from Survivor Millennials versus Gen X. And uh, Stephen Fishback and I are working on something else very fun coming up next. Next week on the podcast so uh, much more to do looking forward to reading your comments on Rob's website I come. of course you could follow my outstanding co-host for this podcast uh, you could follow Megan on Twitter she is at Meg wants to know and of course Mike is at a Mike Bloom type uh, Mike, do you have uh, 500 podcast plugs you want to give us? <laughs> I'll, I'll save you it since we're saved
1: to the end of time. Uh, but I will say Top Chef has been going really strong. We are about a third of the way through the season, but it's been great. Uh, Josh Wiggler made a fantastic return to the podcast last week. It ended up being me and him talking for the last hour, uh, which was a lot of fun. So check that out and more to come in the future. Okay. All right. Looking forward to hearing what you guys have
0: to say. Take care, everybody. Have a good night. Bye.